Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! It's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of talking about bullshit nobody cares about. Nobody cares about is the uh, key word. <laughs> the key words in that. Um, but we like it. Yeah, nice. we have fun. It's a nice exercise for us. It's helped our friendship. At the end of last episode, we asked people to email us when you want to check. Oh, let email. me check the email. Um, we had a busy, busy morning. Yeah. I like busy mornings. This, this is kind of my speed. I like having a bunch of stuff to do. We went to uh, watch the games for the soccer match. Yeah. World Cup. That's right. And then we uh, went to see a movie that we're going to be talking about. That's right. I'm trying to stall for you, but I, right. you know, I threw it out there. It's fine. I'm there. Let's just see. And the answer is... No. No new emails. All right. So no one's listening. Or they just don't care about emailing us. What are they going to email us this week? I don't know. Like, wait, wait, what's anyone going to ask about? <laughs> hey, could you give us more insight to what little you know about soccer? <laughs> oh, man. What's, what's going on with the Suns front office? I don't know. You know, it's like no yeah. one's going to care. Well, front office is meeting with uh, Booker tomorrow. Oh, here we go. I had to say it. I know, they're meeting with Booker tomorrow. Lock him up. Uh, but anyway, do you have any notes? Nope. No notes? No notes. My life has been waking up at 7, watching two soccer games. It's really hard to get up at 7, just saying. <laughs> when you don't have a job. And then um, trying to recover the rest of the day. Um, and like reading emails and all that stuff. And then not actually getting to things that are important until about 7 or 8 o'clock at night. It's a stupid way to live. My life is going to be far better off once this World Cup is over. But while it's happening, I'm really enjoying it. Um, have you been following this Thai soccer team that was trapped in the mines? No. The caves? Well, there's some good news. They, uh, they've been found. Cool. So this, uh, this soccer team, for some reason... Saw some caves, and they're like, let's go check it out. And they went in the caves, and it started raining, and all the water, basically, like, it's like this huge cavernous place. Basically, the water got so high, it closed off their exit. Oh. So they couldn't get out. They're just stuck in there, and they've been stuck in there for, like, ten days. And, ten days? Uh, yeah, and there's this, like, huge, like, rescue effort. Um... And uh, some divers, they, they put some divers in there and, like, 
to go through all the passageways and they found them and they're like, don't worry, we're coming for you. They're still stuck in there because they don't know how to get them out. Um, but they know that they're alive. Every single one of them is alive and good. So uh, now they're just trying to figure out how to, uh, they gave them food and stuff. Uh, but now they're just trying to figure out how to get them out. So, moral of the story, don't go cave dwelling unless you uh, have a guide. Okay. And you know where you're going. That's my only note. All right. I've been following that story for a little bit. So, um, so I guess, what are we talking about today? We're talking about uh, envy, big news, I guess, coming out of L.A., Ticket sales for the Lakers just got pretty expensive. <laughs> Did the tickets go up? Because they're, they're probably already sold. Well, I mean, I'm talking about scalping and getting tickets to go. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. I mean, they were expensive before they had no one. Right. Like, it was cheaper to go to the Clippers. Now it's just going to be really expensive. And everyone's going to be like, you know, come see LeBron! And like, screw you out of paying extra more extra money um, so I guess uh, we're going to talk about free agency which started yesterday um, and then we'll, well talk- yeah it started Saturday night at midnight yeah okay and yeah. then we're going to get into we'll do some World Cup stuff with that yeah we can talk World Cup and uh, anything in their, any other sports and there are any interest and then we'll do we'll do some Sicario, and uh, we'll finish with the hot dog eating contest because that's coming up. All right. I don't know what we could say about. It. Should we just start with that? Since I don't know really what to talk about the hot dog contest. Well, we know it's on July fourth. Yeah. So every year we watch it. We did a review, we did a preview of it last year. I don't even have the guys that are are in it. Yeah. Um, Maybe we should wait. Well, I've already kind of, sorry. I already introduced it. Um, I just know. I mean, I have the odds, and it's basically it's either Joey Chestnut or the field is what they're offering up right now. You can't bet against. It's like I want to do it. You know, you can't bet against the Patriots. Um, it's really hard to bet against Joey Chestnut. Um, so here's here's the Joey Chestnut is one to six. The field is plus three seventy five. And then for the women's, it's the same exact odds. It's Miki Sudo or the field. Um, you can bet on the total hot dogs eaten. For the females, it's over, over under 40 and a half. And for the men, it's over under 70 and a half. Oh, wow. Um, over under 70 and a half. What was, what was his? I think he had over 70 last year. Um, I think it was 73. Okay. So, I'm interested in doing over-under. Over the 70 and a half? Um, yeah, I think, I like over a 70 and a half. So, do you have the the numbers up up at all from what he's, let me see, I'll see if I can pull it up. Um, it just said 73, I think it was last year. Uh, I'm gonna pull up his uh, his old Wikipedia. No, he had 72, 72 last year. Okay. And the woman, uh, the woman had forty-one. 
Oh, so 40 and a half is tough. Um, so, so, yeah, so the past, he's got, last year he had 72. The year before, 70. Uh, the year before, he lost uh, 62, 61, 69, 68. So, 70 and a half, huh? So that's not, you know... At some point, someone's going to catch him. I kind of like the field, too. I think at some point, um, someone's going to have to beat this guy. It just has to change. And, you know, we always talk about how excited we are about the introductions at the hot dog eating contest. But Last year wasn't so exciting. Yeah, they've been going down a little bit. Yeah, they need to have, like, some sort of uh, step their game up with the the announcement. Yeah, they need bigger idiots. You know, and then, you know, and the guy that announces it every year, he needs to like, he kind of knows he's in on the joke now. So it's not nearly as fun. So the guy that came in second last year ate 60 and Joey Chestnut at 72. Was it Matt Stoney who came in? No, Matt Stoney came in third at 48. Ooh. Maybe we should do under 70 and a half. I mean, what's it like to watch a hot dog eating contest betting the under? <laughs> it's so hard. I don't know how they keep track too. When they do the, uh, um, I know they have like judges at each stand, but he's like just jamming that shit in it. So yeah, he's eating like two at a time. And it's not an easy thing to watch the hot dog eating no. contest. You know, like visibly like choking themselves yeah. to get these hot dogs. It's like down. swallow. They swallow these things. Um, but it's always it's one of our favorite things. Yeah, we. It's just it's a tradition for us. <laughs> So, I think we should talk uh, after the show and bet the under. Okay. Um, It'll just be another bet we lose. It's always on ESPN at like 9 in the morning. Right. Or noon. It's noon uh, on the East Coast. And uh, I've already got it taped. I'm ready. Because I always forget about it. Does it, when, you, when you watch it, does it make you want hot dogs? Or? It does. Yeah, me too. I had hot dogs yesterday, so to like prepare myself because I started thinking about it, and all of a sudden I was hungry for hot dogs. Yeah, I haven't had a hot dog in a little bit, but I definitely uh, am going to want to go to uh, eat some hot dogs for Fourth of July. Um, so yeah, so Nathan's has been doing this for how long? Um, let's see. I uh, see. This is only talking. I, I just have the the. Um, Joey Chestnut page. It's been happening since... 1972. There you go. The winner in 1972 only ate 14 hot dogs. Oh, really? And they have 10 minutes, right? I think it's 10 minutes. Um, yeah. That's crazy. For 1972, uh, 14 hot dogs was the winner. You don't think that was televised? No, I don't think it was televised. That was actually, see, the one that I see, the first first one is 1967. And that was by a guy named Walter Paul, who apparently ate 127 hot dogs. It says, though Walter Paul's 1967 feat is documented in at least two UPI press accounts at the time, he has also been mentioned in passing in more recent press accounts for supposedly establishing the contest then record 17 hot dogs consumed. 
Did he have a time limit? That's the question. Uh, the contest was held on June 30th and was won by a 400-pound, 32-year-old truck driver. Uh, he consumed the hot dogs over the period of one hour flat. Yeah, there you go. 127. And Joey Chestnut's eating 72 in uh, 10 minutes. <laughs> and that guy had 100. Well, I mean, you know, you, you'd slow down after your first 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, you'd be on pace to beat 127, but it's not, yeah. Um, it's, the whole thing's ridiculous. But it's fun. So, that's remember, our bet. Remember our, when Fox used to do the gluten bowl and, like, they had the eating contests on TV? Oh, so gross. No. Um, I wish we could go back and view that. I'm sure it's on online. But, uh. The gluten bowl? Yeah, it was, they had it. It became popular, like, eating contests, and they put it on Fox. And uh, the, all these people had to, like, eat uh, just, like, cow oh, brains. the glutton bowl. Glutton bowl. Big difference. Do you know the difference between glutton and gluten yeah, is? Glu- yeah. Gluten-free? Yeah. The gluten-free bowl? So the glutton bowl, uh, they had to eat, like, sushi that like was like a foot long or two feet long and had like a whole yard stick of wasabi in there people were dying it was great um so anyway um we're looking forward to that and I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll update on uh, the next podcast how many and I think we're going under 70 alright I'm with you any other 4th of July stuff we just get that no, right, right before 4th of July I want you to tell a story about Redondo or wherever having this fucking 4th of oh. July fireworks not on 4th of July. So, yeah, I was going to go down and watch the fireworks at, at Redondo Beach with my brother uh, and his family because they usually go away for 4th of July, but he's like, you know what, screw this. We always have they always have fireworks. I live at the beach. Like, this is the whole reason you live here. And they canceled them for some reason. Uh, it's they, they were on July 1st, the ones at the parade, and then the other ones that we were supposed to go to were going to be on the 4th, but they uh, they were canceled. Um, How do you cancel a fireworks show? That's my whole thing. I don't know. Apparently, they canceled them. Uh, here's, here's the news. Um, they canceled them and then raised a bunch of money. They went back and forth with the city. Like This is actually Torrance's... Fireworks show. Um, uh, at issue was an additional $50,000 fee imposed by the city. Uh, what began as an effort to preserve a local tradition turned into a bit of fiasco. So it was the city that was shaking them down for extra cash. Yeah, this guy, oh, Padone's Pizza. I know this guy, Mike Russell, the owner of Padone's Pizza in Delhi in Riviera Village, agreed to put up the $50,000 for the show. Um, who agreed to put fifty thousand into the show chose not to contribute additional funds toward the event. I don't know. Um, last year, the Torrance fireworks were also canceled after he fell short of his fundraising goal. I don't know. I guess basically the town's like, look, you need to spend more money, and they're like, that we don't have it, and so. So they ended up having it like two days early. Yeah, in a different place. Well, I mean, it's there's it's two different shows anyway. I. I don't know if I care about fireworks. I heard this guy say this the other day. Like, fireworks in your life go through an arch. Like, an, like 
you start off at one point, like you start off fireworks scare you, whatever, and then you hit a you know, then you hit a certain age and they're awesome, and then they just become like, um, yeah, that's pretty cool, and then they're like, I hate them, they're loud, and they make my dog bark, and like that period in which you enjoy them is just not long enough. He was saying, I think that's true. Okay. Do you care about fireworks? Um, I think we did this last year. No, I don't really care about fireworks. Like, I like to hang out, have a drink, and watch it. But do I care if I miss it? No. Right. Um. Yeah, he. I, I figured. Um. You know, I, it, it's he made a good. He made a good point with that too. Like. You feel like you have to be there for the fireworks. You feel like you gotta go see them because it's like somebody in your life told you that's what you do for. But like, you don't really enjoy them. You're just like, yeah. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do, and they all look the same. <laughs> yeah, they do. So, I don't know. Like the thing that really sucks is having dogs. Fireworks start going off like last week in your neighborhood for no reason. And they just hide. Yeah, it's just the worst. I mean, my dog's actually okay right now with it, but you just know it's all coming. You know, I don't. I never understood the rogue firework thing. Like, never in my life was I like, "Hey guys, yeah. we, we we need fireworks." My neighborhood like just does fireworks all the time. I mean, I don't understand it. I think there's some gunshots, but they're they're fireworks. <laughs> yeah, if that happens. Um. So, uh, what else do we got today? So, um... Happy 4th of July. Yeah, so that's Happy 4th of July. If you if you have any good plans, let us know. We'll <laughs> review them for you next week. We don't even have any. We don't have any plans. Uh, if you want to invite us to your cookout, we could do a podcast for your cookout. I'd like to go to a barbecue. Um... You know, here's the thing with barbecues... <laughs> Is I've noticed that everybody thinks that they know how to like barbecue, they're like the grill master. Like, yeah, someone thinks that they're the grill master. And you know what? Like in the last year or two, I've started cooking more, and I think that I know what I'm doing, and I don't. Like, everybody's got a certain flavor they like. Like, I have one relative, I'll say, he doesn't listen, but I still don't want to say, who ruins every piece of meat you've ever given him. He loves meat too. He just does not understand that not everything needs to be soaked in this stupid sauce that they make, and it ruins everything. <laughs> Um, I know. have a relative like that too his, his name is Scott He's my brother Oh okay Who uh, thinks he's like The ultimate grill master But uh, so likes, You're like, going straight names He likes to burn things <laughs> <laughs> You know And we've talked about Our friends who think That they make great wings And that whole fiasco yeah. I'm not gonna But like I'm not saying that I'm better at it than anybody else because I'm not. I have other friends that are better grill people than I am. I have like one or two friends. I have my friend Peter. He's an excellent grill man. Like when I go over there, I know like whatever he makes is like it's like usually awesome. He's very very good. Um, I need to do a popping. And so the difference between that and like going, <laughs> oh, you guys are grill, yeah, <laughs> and going to like you know. One of my friends who, you know, he also does it a lot. You know, he cooks he cooks on his grill a lot. He's got good equipment, so he does it a lot. So there's a lot of practice behind it. It's not the same as, hey, I'm going to have people over for the first time in six months. Watch me grill. And it's like, oh, this is bland. 
Yeah, my brother never cleans the grill, so when he, so he lights it up, the whole thing's on fire. So when we were in... Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> all the grease. We were in Palm Springs last week. We had the grill going, and uh, it's like, the, you know, the guy who I went there to, for his birthday, he loves grilling out. Um, he actually... He did some things that were very impressive. He did, like, a, um, a Wagyu beef... He sliced it real thin, and that was really good. And you're like, that's because you know what you're doing with that thing. And on top of that, we had this girl there who was on MasterChef, and so she started taking over the grill with him, you know? He was trying not to put her to work, but you're like, you know you're in good hands when you've got, like... A MasterChef Yeah, contestant. she's like a professional chef now. Yeah. Um, and so then when I go to my friend's house, and they get wings from Ralph's and grill them, and throw some seasoning on them, and a bunch, you know, it's like, eh, it's not as good. Did you get some inside uh, info on MasterChef? I did. I really did. I didn't tell you this? I didn't. You told me about her being there, but I never got the inside. Oh, yeah. She, uh, that the inside had nothing to do with the show as much as the hosts and what their lives are like, um, specific ones who are maybe yeah. not, they're not, it's not painted in a flattering light. All right, we'll talk about it off the air. But that's probably the first interesting thing we've ever said in this stupid <laughs> show. <laughs> but You're no, she, first. she didn't have, I'm not like, I mean, there's not really much detail. I mean, it's like flirty older men with younger attractive women kind of thing. Nothing that would ever surprise you if you've ever worked in a kitchen before or a restaurant business. That's just what happens there. I just saw that uh, little side thing, that um, chef's table on Netflix. Has a whole episode on that Christina, who's the uh, the girl uh, judge on MasterChef. Well, used to be the woman. Yeah, she's not there on there. Yeah, um, my I read an article. Okay, so when Anthony Anthony Bourdain died, uh, I just read somebody made a joke like white people haven't been this upset about something in a long time, which is true because everybody on your probably on my social media feed was really upset about Anthony Bourdain. And I don't have a relationship with him. I don't ever. You know, like, I mean. I watched the show. See, I didn't even watch the show, so I don't have right. any frame of reference to him. I'm not begrudging anyone for it. It's just I don't have, right. I don't have any ties to that when he passed away. But I did read this really good article um, about, and it, it was about his death. Um, but it was like a, it wasn't an article. It was like a, an opinion piece. And the person was basically just saying how um, it takes a certain kind of person to work in a restaurant and how he was like the person that could glorify like what that's like. He's like there's a certain culture in a restaurant and there's things that you learn and you can always tell somebody who's worked like in restaurants because they have a certain way of looking at people that you don't get if you didn't. And it was like really good. It's true. Because you're like I hate when I'm like I hate this but I have to do it. And we're all in this together, and I'm going to go back, and something's going to get screwed up, and I'm going to get cursed at, and then I'm going to have to go back to my table and try to make them like me. You know, like, it's all bargaining and politics and all that stuff. You know, it's, uh, it was a really interesting piece. And it made me think about, I mean, I don't miss it, but I worked in a restaurant. I was not a very good waiter. Um, but, uh, yeah. And so that's why I feel like I can tell you if you suck as a cook. <laughs> okay. Um, 
All right, so there's so a, that's the Fourth of July. That's Fourth of July. That's pretty good. I think that's more than we got out of last year. Overplay people's houses and tell them they suck as a. No, you don't tell them. You just eat. You just smile and you and eat then, and you be like. And, and then, then you come on the and, air. And then we'll come on the air and we'll talk. You know, it's like I said to you earlier about the suns. I care more about it on the air than I do in my real life. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that we are friends with that I was ever impressed with their cooking, with their chef skills. And I'm not. I can't think of anyone. So, outside of Peter and I think that my, and my friend Anthony's thing last week, those are the, those are the good ones so far. Alright. Is there anyone you want to give props to? Since you've called out your brother? No? No. Okay. Alright. So, if you didn't get to go to a barbecue, or you don't get to go to a barbecue this weekend, or this week, for 4th of July, then you could go to the movies. Is that a bad transition? That was kind of a bad transition. Yeah, I struggled. Okay. So, uh, one of the things we did today after watching (laughs) the game was... Drive over to the Arclight and watch uh, Sicario, the new Sicario movie. Okay. So, I think see, this, uh, the first Sicario came out, what, three years ago? I believe so, yeah. And we both thought that was the best movie of that year. It's probably, you could argue it's the best, you could argue this, and a lot of people will. Uh, no, nobody nobody from this podcast, but they'll have their <laughs> own arguments. Uh, that was the best movie, like, the last five years, last couple of years. Yeah, it was really good. It's definitely in the argument, at least for us. Yeah. Um, it's shot, like, perfectly. It's, like, just intense. And, yeah. Um, the scope of it is large. Yeah, yeah. It feels like just a blockbuster movie, but it's not really. Right. Uh, yeah. Yep, that's a really good way to put it. And so the fact that they decided to sequel it was kind of shocking. And nervous for it. I was nervous, but I mean, I, I'm kind of all in on Taylor Sheridan now, the guy that wrote it. Yeah. Um, that guy doesn't do a lot of bad stuff. You, you all right? So he he wrote that. He wrote um, Hell or High Water. He directed that. He directed that. He and he directed Wind River, right? Uh, Did he write or direct Wind River? Um, yeah, I think he directed that. I didn't like that. Yeah, I had a feeling that you didn't. But I don't know why you wouldn't. It's just right on par with everything else. No, let me just tell you why I don't... Or we can have this conversation at a different time. The biggest problem with Wind River is that you follow these characters the whole movie. And, uh, yes, he wrote and directed it, uh, Wind River. Okay. You follow these characters the whole movie, and then at the end, like, you don't even get them, see them like figure out the crime like it just becomes a gun or shootout and then all of a sudden like she just gets told what happened when she's in the hospital but you don't feel the satisfaction at the very ending when he lets the guy go and be like try to get home like and the guy basically dies of out I don't know we're following this investigation the whole time and we don't even get they don't figure it out they just get told it at the end when everyone's dead. I don't know. That was my biggest problem with it. But anyway, Taylor Sheridan, he's, he's talented. And now he's directing this Yellowstone TV show. Do you know anything about this? Have you seen this? Yeah, it's already like playing right now, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Are you, well, would, no one knows where to find Paramount Network. Yeah, that's true. 
That's I know true. someone that's working on it, and she was like posting about it. She was like, tonight, <laughs> she's like posted a review that like someone liked it, and like she's like, tune in tonight. And I'm like, yeah, it's great, but does anyone know how to get Paramount Network? <laughs> like, where do they see this thing? That's a good point. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I read this great article on him and how he's like the modern day. He's got he his he's the voice of the modern day cowboy, you know, like middle America. He's got like a, a grasp on it. it. Was a really good piece on him about um, you know he started as an actor. He's like an actor that kept getting like not getting roles. Got married, had a kid. Was like in his like around forty one when he was like, all right, I'm just gonna write something, and then wound up writing um, Hell or High Water. And then, you know, and Wind River, and then, you know, there you go. Now he's, uh, so anyway, um, let's get into this thing. So, so the first one was directed by, uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Yeah. And shot by Roger Deakins. Yeah. So two people that are at the height of their game. Right but Vill- when, when Dennis Villeneuve did it, he, that was like, how, that was like his first, big directing movie, right? Like, Arrival was after that. Yeah, but no, but he did like the uh, Prisoners. And... Oh, that's right, Prisoners. I liked Prisoners. Did you Prisoners? Yeah, I liked Prisoners. Uh, it kind of had that same kind of look and feel of Sicaria. Yeah. Alright, I'm with you there. Kinda. So you're right, he did Prisoners first, and then, yeah, Sicario, and now the guy did Arrival, and Blade Runner. So this one was taken over by this Italian director who made this really good movie called, uh, I think it was called Sabora, which I recommend. Okay. It's like a Italian kind of gangster movie that takes place in politics. Uh, he also did that um, Gamora. Remember that Gamora movie? Um, it was an Italian, another Italian uh, gangster thing. All right. Um, so basically, he took over, and then they got a new DP, who's a very good DP. But uh, so they basically took over the franchise, and uh, I thought they did a pretty good job keeping it in the same kind of look and feel of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. It, it was it certainly wasn't as good. Like, it missed some of those big sweeping shots. Yeah. There, there's one or two shots that happen, and you're like, oh, that's cool. But you, you think, imagine if they did it the way they did that in the original Sicario. Um, when they fought, like, the, just the build-up to the car stuff and, and the gangster stuff that was all happening in the streets, you know, of Sicario. That wasn't in uh, Soldado. It, it, it was there, but it didn't have the same feel. It didn't feel as cinematic um but you know still still um built the tension well like you said you're you know you leaned over at one point in the movie and you go this is pretty what'd you say this is i think you said it sarcastically but your point was that this was very intense yeah um what did you what were your overall opinions of it i just think i think i i'm I'm so in on Brolin right now and anything that he does. I think that guy is so good. He's just, like, just killing everything he's in. 
He's really good. He's like just so good. Yeah, and it's funny because he just played Thanos and he just played what's his name in Deadpool two. Yeah. And he seemed like larger than life in both of those movies. And he's kind of a little man in this movie. You know, like his he's not very um his st- he's not very uh I don't know, scary in stature. You know, he's got like a giant head and like this little muscly body, but like in those movies he seems like larger than life. Yeah. Um but he's like he's just he's like a he's like an old Western kind of movie star, you know, like he's an old tough guy that we don't have a lot of anymore, and and so he's definitely that person. So between him and then Benicio del Toro, who's just awesome and everything too, except for the Star Wars movie where he had that stupid fake lisp <laughs> stutter. Yeah, um, those guys just—I I feel like I could watch those two guys do like eat lunch. And it'd be really good, you know. Well, maybe uh, they'll do that in the next one. I mean, that's that's what I thought. I, I just I couldn't, you know. They're basically once you get into the story, they're in every scene, and you you know, they're you can't take your eyes off them. They're very yeah. they're like movie stars. Um, I thought it was a little confusing. There's things I I don't totally understand about it. About like they're not major. They're not things I would interrupt somebody else's enjoying experience. Like. Sometimes when I watch a movie with my lady friend, she'll she'll interrupt by asking me questions about nothing. That, like, like or or I'll have a friend like you who comes and sits down and goes, what happened to the truck? And you're like... I wanted to know what happened with the truck. There's no, there, The truck has nothing to do with anything. It's, they got from point A to point B. It doesn't matter if they got there in the truck or if they walked. But what... They need the truck when they leave point B. But just just trust that the filmmakers are going to get you from point A to point B, that you don't need the truck. <laughs> All right. But but anyway, um, so there's some questions. There's some things that I didn't I, – I, I had trouble following. Uh, basically, the story is this girl is um, – they they're, I mean, that, I guess it starts in the beginning. They want to start a war with the Mexican cartels because they – have been helping bring terrorists into the United States through the they Mexican want them border. They to fight each other. Okay, right. So they stage a kidnapping of one of the the daughter of one of the cartels, so the other cartel will fight him. But they never really introduce that this is the cartel and then this is the other cartel. They don't ever show you the lead people in the cartels, so you don't know who the main cartel guys are. Right. Like even the guy who ends up. You know, being like kind of the leader, he wasn't the leader, right? He's a he, right? He's a he's a kind of yeah. yeah. He was just like kind of like the guy running operations. That is that is true. One of the things I like about a movie like this um, is it doesn't yeah people don't fall into those categories. You don't need the villain to be. We're going to show the villain do something really bad so that you'll hate him. Yeah, it's like. This is the situation. Like, we cut to him in, like, his huge house, and he's, like, drinking something by the pool. Yeah, like, yeah. ordering something to go. <laughs> yeah. And he's not just randomly sh- done? shooting somebody for no reason just yeah. so you'll hate them. Um, it's just, you know that you don't like, you know, you know, I mean, and the thing is, is part of that is because not everything's black and white, because, you know, the guys you're rooting for aren't necessarily the good guys either. So that's one of the things that's really good about these movies. Um 
But um, but without it, there are little details that get lost, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd still sacrifice those details for something formulaic. Uh, so that's that's kind of where I stand. I mean, I, I, I really liked it. It's not nearly on par with Sicario the first time. No. But... I think emotionally, the first one was a lot uh, tighter. Yeah. And a lot of people had trouble with the first one with this uh, Emily Blunt character. Because they're like, oh, she's this woman and she's made to be weak or whatever. And she wasn't. She was just the audience going through this whole thing. And we don't have that character. You know, if it's anybody, it's this little girl. But we don't really know the deal with this little, you know, like. Well, we thought it was going to be this other B story with this kid who's learning how to, uh, we're starting out in the mob. Right. In the cartel. In the cartel. And you thought that, so, I like, one of the things I like about the movie is, is that you don't know where it's going to go. Like, I don't know, they, they were like saying, you know, things about the situations and you're like, oh shit, that's going to happen. And then when it gets to that point, something, it, they throw a curveball at you and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm with him. I thought it was uh, really intense. Yeah. Towards, once it got into the story, like, over, like, halfway through, I was just like, shit's going down. And a lot has to do with that composed music, too. Yeah, the music's good. So you said they had a different composer this time. Right, because the guy died. Oh, really? Yeah. Who did the first? That, uh, guy that just died. Great. Um, what's his name? They did uh, In Loving Memory of the guy at the end of the Oh, movie. Johan Johansson? Yeah, yeah. That's the guy I said played for Denmark, soccer team. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Um, yeah, he passed away. Okay. And uh, this other guy, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but he took over and basically kept the same kind of music yeah. as the first one. And, and, and it's... That, you're right, that music's powerful. It's, that's one of the things that makes this movie so good, that dun dun, you know, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I thought all the acting was good except for one guy. <laughs> I, I said to you, like, during the night, like, Matthew Modine, where did he make this turn to be a horrible actor? It's true. And Catherine Keener wasn't that great either. Now... They didn't really explain it's it. It's a pretty thankless role, though. Right. Uh, but, yeah, Matthew Modine. Like, I felt like he wasn't even in the same room as the other guys when he was acting. <laughs> like, because usually, like, actors, like, feed off each other, you know, and it helps performances. I felt like he was just, like, not even there. And it was all done, like, from his point of view, and then they just shot him at a different location. Um, there's a movie I'm trying to think of with Matthew Modine oh there it is this is where I think he made the turn to become a bad actor it was in 1995 in a movie called Bye Bye Love where he plays he plays the uh, I think that's what it was he plays like it's with him and Paul Reiser and their dads but he's like the stud dad you know he's like the one cheater I think when he like he made a move to cheat on or with somebody's wife or something, and I think when that happened, that's when I lost. All, I, I cashed in all my Matthew Modine stock, <coughs> and I don't remember him being good in anything since then. Well, he hasn't been in really anything 
He was in The Dark Knight Rises. That's about it. Well, he was like, wasn't he the bad guy in one of the Transporter movies? Was he? Yeah, and he was like, in any given Sunday. Uh, I'm looking at his. I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. This is on his. Um, oh, he was in Stranger Things. That's right. He's not good in that either. No. Um, he's in the Bad Jobs. Steve Jobs, the bad Steve Jobs movie. I never saw the second. Me neither. I just you only need to see one Steve Jobs movie, right? Uh, but he was pretty bad. Um, he only had a couple scenes, but just I don't know. Uh, he's got a lot in production, so people like to work with him. Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine. He's a name. Um, I thought the girl who uh, played the. Uh, main girl in the movie was really good yeah she's very good and she, you could, she has a lot of like facial emotions agree like non-verbal yep uh, that uh, was really good um but I just don't know how you make these movies like that movie was just so like like all, all the stuff like when they are inside like tight spaces like cars and buses and they're like throwing people down and you know hog tying them and all doing all this other stuff it's like I don't know how you just it just it's hard it seems like it's really hard to to make and to pull off something that's going to be so epic you know in terms of like the pieces that you put together to bring to the end I don't know I got you. Uh, one of the things that's really hard is, I think, is you know, with everything, with all the politics surrounding this border now and immigration and everything, it's like it's really hard to watch a movie like this. And if it's if it even crosses your mind in real life, like I found myself like cheering for like. Well, they kind of like put some some things out there. Okay. Politically. But there's, like, I, I find myself cheering for, like, the badass American. But, like, in real life, that badass American might be, like, I don't know, someone that we might not be rooting for in real life. But in yeah. the movie, you're like, yeah, that's right. You're not going to get waterboarded because we could just kill your family. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And you're like, I don't know if in, in real life I'd be rooting for that guy. But I don't, I don't, like, you know, maybe that's why it's good to see things like this, to maybe give you more of a perspective and be like, okay, maybe I'm not just an apologist for everything that happens down, you know? Yeah. So what, what, what political things were you saying that they put out there? Just the border stuff. Did you think it was pro-liberal uh, America or pro... Well, I think they were trying to show both sides of this. Thing. I think so, too. Like, um, the whole thing with the... The terrorists, like, getting through the border seemed to be kind of easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they had, like, shots of the wall, like, right after that, when you had the... It's true. When you had I, the rugs. And, I thought about that. I thought, oh, great. This is all we need is for, like, politicians to see this and be like, see? Yeah. We need the wall. And then... Um, but then they did this, you know, they kind of did the reverse, too. Right. Of showing that people really need to get across. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm with you. But, you know... Even in that, it's subtle. It's not like it doesn't beat you over the head with it. You know, it's not like great. I'm going to go see some political movie where the guy takes all their money and goes, "You'll get over," but I can't do anything 
for you when you get over there, but I'm taking all your money now, and you'll have to figure out how you get by when you're there. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, you're giving me everything you own to get there. And when you're there, you're, on your you're own. probably going to have to be struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I also, it reminded me, like, so growing up, I always liked movies like this. Uh, not like this, but I always liked stuff. Well, before that, I mean, yes, Traffic's a great movie. Traffic's kind of like the start of all of it. You know, it's kind of like the blueprint for this. But I, I was I was thinking back on movies like Lethal Weapon, where you're watching a movie, you know, it's different. It's a buddy cop movie. But this is like, the, like if you were going to make that movie into like a very serious movie, like a, this is kind of where you start to get, fall into like real life problems um, with like good cops who are good at what they do, but maybe you're a little dirty. You know, it's not Mel Gibson doing like you know bypassing not having a warrant by throwing something through a window. It's like, and I know that they're not cops; they're different in yeah. this. But but at the same time, when you're, I couldn't help but think of it because it's two two guys who don't play by the rules. Yeah, <laughs> doing their thing and it, in a in a in a real way and not in a um, not in in a lethal weapon way where it's like mi- mixed with comedy and hijinks, you know. Um, so like to me that like I'm always in on stuff like this. I think I think we're probably the right audience for this sort of movie. Yeah. So I mean, take that in consideration if you're going to see it. Again, I think we both really liked it. I'm trying to think if there's anything I liked more. The only, the only thing I have an issue with is just as far as uh, we just got breaking news. Uh oh. For free agency. Well, break it, break it when we go to free agency. All right. Because no one's going to listen to this close to free time, it's real time anyway. Yeah. So uh, uh, I like that you turned your computer so I can't yeah. see. All right. So let's get through this because now I'm dying. So is that? Benicio Del Toro's character just like shows up with all these soldiers doesn't even talk to them and he's like kind of like leading he's kind of like one of the leaders you would think like him and Josh Brolin are running the shit and all these guys are like who the hell is this guy right you know he just comes out of nowhere but uh I don't know maybe they've worked with him on all these covert things before but he's not he's not an American soldier right he's a hitman what he was an attorney? Wasn't he the Sicario? Yeah. So that's what's interesting when you get to the end of this movie—the line that he gives, yeah, that, or that is given. I won't say who yeah. gives it. Um, is this the? This is a, a hard question. I, I think the answer is: this the best movie of the summer so far? Um, it's definitely. A different, yeah, I think so. I, I think mean, so too. it's so different, like than these other like popcorn movies, you know. Right. This is like more of like an intelligent like thriller. Like, you don't just go in there and go, all right, let's see some shit blow up, right? And some dinosaurs and all this other stuff. I'm trying to figure out a, a list of. Oh, it keeps saying Summerfest. That's why summer movies the box office. I'm just trying to take a look at. What else? I mean, we didn't see Incredibles. People seem to be liking it. Oh, you did? Yeah. 
What did you think of Incredibles? I loved it. Oh, okay. You don't say I loved Sicario, but you loved Incredibles. Was Incredibles the best movie this summer so far? No. I think Sicario is probably the best movie so far of the summer. But you just sounded so much more gleeful the way you discussed. Well, because it's a car. I don't know. It's, I, I looked at these movies in different regards. I don't know. Um, I did like. Uh, I saw that uh, last week. Um, you know, I was going to ask you real quick. TV. There's something I was going to ask you about TV. Uh, if you're watching anything, I just started watching Goliath. Oh, is that any good? Yeah. I watch Goliath like this. I'm doing the second season now. I do it because my mom loves Goliath, and she's like wants to talk. You know, it's like a yeah. bonding thing. It's less time that she can bitch at me about the rest of my life. So if we <laughs> stay with Goliath episodes, and she's going to listen to this, and now I'm going to have to hear it. But, um, but yeah, we talk we talk Goliath, and it's good because like all the all the places are in Santa Monica. So she, you know, she's like, you know, that place really exists. I'm like, yeah. And so, like, I went and got drinks the other night right down the street from where... Or last night, down the street from where the whole thing takes place. And I was like, Mom, just three blocks away from Shay J. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's... You know, I like Billy Bob Thornton, so... But there's nothing special about it. It's just a good television drama. Yeah, it looks like something I'd like. Yeah, you know, it's easy to follow. You, you do ten episodes... Uh, I'm trying anyway. to find a show to keep myself occupied for uh, the summer, but I haven't figured out. I know the uh, Sharp Objects starts on uh, Sunday. With, that's the Amy Adams HBO show. I'm right. To that. That's a show that's not a movie? Yeah, it's a show. It's How about... A, it's like Big Little Lies. It's like six or seven, eight episodes. Okay. Which you didn't really like. I liked it. I didn't like the coincidental ending. Okay. Where... All yeah. of a sudden, well, we all know. It ha- or, you know, okay, we all know what happened. Sure, yeah. Some uh, random that he was. He was the uh, you. You every episode, you're like, I don't get what the, I don't get this. I don't know why everyone thinks this is good. No, that's not true. Yes, yes, it's really I good. Uh, you watching Secession? No. Are, are you going to watch Secession? I don't even know what it is. It's on HBO. It's the Sunday night HBO show right now. It's like about basically. It's with um, now Macaulay Culkin's brother. He's probably like the fifth billing. I don't Karen know why. Yeah, and um, who's the main guy? I can't remember his name. Um, not Albert Finney, but the guy that looks like him, who was in. This is the worst. This is terrible. Right? The guy was it was in all the Bourne movies. Oh, uh, <coughs> uh, Brian Cox. Yeah, Brian Cox. He plays basically like they they play like the the Murdochs, the Fox. Brian Cox made this really good movie that no one's ever seen. It's like a movie that uh, where he was in prison. And that was really good. Uh, but anyway, that doesn't have anything. To do. well, neither so we'll neither see. did TV. Me bring up TV. I just you know I've been dying to know if you're watching Secession. And it's basically about how this family and I haven't watched it, but it's basically about how they're all fighting to take over like the this news network that this guy runs. So it's kind of about you know, loosely based on that. Um But uh yeah. If you get if you start watching it, just let us all know so we know whether or not to watch it. I've heard it's good. Everything I ever read about it, people were like, It's eh 
And then I was talking to some friends who watched it, and they're like, yeah, it's really good. It's, like, really gotten good. So, you know, it, it feels like the newsroom to me. Like, that's what the newsroom would do. You'd watch it, you'd be like, yeah. And then a good episode, I'd be like, the newsroom's good. And, and, then, and then you might change your mind later. Uh, but anyway, okay, just wanted to check on that. Okay. I can't find the movie that he was, uh, uh, whatever. Um, all right. Anything you got? Nope. Let's get let's get to the breaking news. Breaking news. Boogie Cousins has a new team. Is it the Lakers? It is not the Lakers. <gasps> Whoa. Who do you think it is? One guess. Clippers? Golden State Warriors. Get out of here. God. <laughs> How can they afford? It's, it's a one-year deal. But, uh, yep, he signed with the Warriors. Oh, that is so frustratingly annoying. So, let's get to NBA. So, the big thing that happened, obviously, is LeBron James. But let's talk about what started it all. It was Russell Westbrook threw a party, and in the middle of it, Paul George announced that he was staying in Oklahoma City. And that just set off free agency. I don't know why he wouldn't wait. Paul George, like, he did not need to announce this soon. He could have just waited. He was going to go somewhere. Apparently, he wanted to go back to the Thunder. But he's been saying that he wanted to go to the Lakers, like, all along. Yeah. And one of the reasons I think that happened is, like, when Lakers signed... I'm sorry. I just going through closing my tabs, and I just saw the gluten bowl the glut- versus the glutton bowl. glutton bowl. Like, two things just could not be more obvious. All right, keep going. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not true. Gluten, in a sense, is... Yeah, anyway, but go ahead. It's the same thing. But not really. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, once the Lakers signed LeBron, and then they signed Lance Stevenson and... Uh, which we'll get to in a minute. And... Uh, Rondo. No, McKee. McKee uh, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. Like, they had no more money. Oh, yeah, okay. So they couldn't sign... Paul George or Boogie Cousins. Or they can't even sign Kawhi. Well, they'd have to trade for Kawhi. And the only way you can trade for Kawhi is by... You'd have to you'd have to get rid of Deng's contract anyway to be able to get Kawhi. Um, so everyone's kind of like gearing up for this supposedly 2019. Everyone's on one-year one year deals. Um... Kawhi and keeps, everybody's going to go to the same team like the Avengers? Yeah. Kawhi <laughs> says he wants to go to the Lakers, like, really bad. Right. And what's going to happen is he's going to get traded to, like, a team for a year, and then he's going to leave. Well, so here's an interesting... a lot of people have been well, talking about This that. is an interesting thing, because now that is, that's essentially Paul, the, the Paul George story. But then Paul George wound up staying. So now you, I assume that that means teams think... General managers think I can, if I take a chance on a guy that's saying he wants to go play somewhere else, like I, I, I got a real chance to re-sign him, and it never's worked. It's like never worked before. It's like the first time this ever worked is with Paul George. Um, so it's it's not necessarily a winning strategy, but you can see other teams going to that want to try it. They're saying Philly has like the right pieces to send to to San Antonio. If he goes 
Yeah, so, and they get to the finals, and it's like awesome. Why? Why not run that back? You know? Yeah. Then you, you know he's not guaranteed to go to the Lakers after that year. If you're Philly, what can you give up for Kawhi? You give up Fultz. There's probably worth taking a flyer on him. You give up a draft pick. Um, who else? Like, what else are they? Um, well, the problem is they just signed. Um, well, they just signed Redick. They just signed, re-signed Redick. Um, let's see here. And if you go play for the Sixers, there's no um, guarantee that they're going to stay healthy. Their two best players have been hurt for most of their careers. Dar- Darius Sarek? Yeah. He'd probably be the first one. Uh, it's part of the trade. Um, Marco Fultz, Fultz and the draft pick, probably. Um, but what do the Lakers have to give up for him? Well, I mean, you give up Kuzma. I'm not in love with Kuzma. People love that guy. I mean, he played good for like two months. Um, Brandon Ingram. But like... And a pick. And a pick, right. Brandon or, or Ball. You know, if someone's My interested... Thing is like, it's MCL. He tore his MCL. He's, they say he's going to be fun. I know, but it, who knows? You know what? You don't you, trade for a good... Let me ask you a question. Why do you think that that story got dropped right before... LeBron got signed. You don't think that that's a coincidence? You don't, oh, yeah. you, don't, you don't think that came out of his camp? Yeah, I totally think. Like, he put... The, his camp puts that out there so he doesn't get traded for Kawhi because he wants to play with LeBron. Yeah, exactly. So, I wouldn't put too much stock in him. He's going to... He's, they say he's going to be totally fine for it, you know? Um, but also, they said that the Spurs don't want him because they don't want to deal with his family. But I don't think the Lakers want to deal with his family anymore either. I don't think LeBron's going to take any shit from that's gonna Can you imagine? That's going to be an interesting uh, dynamic. I guess you don't need to imagine because you know it's going to happen. What I can't wait for is I am very excited to see LeBron and and uh, uh, Stevenson on the same same team. He's a clown. I just like they get he gets all pissed off all the time. With LeBron? No, Stevenson. Yeah, Lance Stevenson just fired up. It, he's had some. He's had some run-ins with the Bronx. I I remember. Um, you know what's great is you can just go through LeBron's. I don't want to say through his whole career because I won't be able to think of it. But like, let's just talk about his last situation. Take out J.R. Smith. Insert Lance Stevenson. There's like always one crazy person who can sign a one-year deal for for like less money to go play for a championship. Yeah. I mean, I really don't like what the Lakers are putting around him. I'll be honest. Well, it's it's all going to change next season. I understand. Clay Thompson, free agent. Durant. Uh, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Um, Towns. Kawhi. Kawhi. Like I mean, people are going to go there. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, going to be it's another. True. It's going to be another super team. It's true, and that's why he signs a four. That's why LeBron signs a four-year deal to go yeah. to LA, right? Like because this isn't like hey. Win me, we need to win now or Jimmy I'm leaving. Butler. I think Jimmy Butler, I don't, I think we, Jimmy Butler's hit a ceiling and it's not as high as we thought it was. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, I think that's the interesting part about him signing a four year deal is, um, it's not about obviously when we win now or I'm leaving like he did to Cleveland. It's like, this is it. And now NBA is talking about changing the seating in the playoffs. 
which I kind of like. I don't. You're going to have a sweep every fucking time in the uh, Western Conference Finals. Or one... No, look, it all works itself out. The East is becoming just as good as the West now. No, they're not. It's, well, the top... It has two teams. So does the West. The West has got some talent. West, all right, but the West has two teams that can win it, and then a bunch of okay teams. The East has two teams that can win it, and a bunch of bad teams. Okay. So it's not, you know what I mean? Like, it, I, I don't think, I don't see the need to reseed it. Um, and then, um, what else are they saying? That, uh, how happy is the East uh, getting rid of LeBron? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he's dominated the last eight seasons. He's, he's dominated his whole career there. Well, I know, but he's been to the finals the last eight seasons, yeah. so no other team was able to go. Now they're going to have someone that doesn't have a LeBron in there. We as sports fans should collectively rejoice that we don't need to see another Golden State-Cleveland Finals. I mean, let's face it. I was just having this conversation with my here with my friend who's a LeBron apologist who was talking about, he's like, dude, I don't know. There's like two really good games this year. You know, you could say that Cleveland, they, sure, they got swept, but, you know, they played them tough for two games. You win those games, there's no telling what could happen. It's just like, they weren't gonna just win. stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Um, so congratulations to America for not having to deal with, uh, or the world. Um, what do you think, does this change the L.A. sports scene? Oh, yeah. I was talking to my contacts over at the Rams. <laughs> And I was just like, who, who's got the LeBron account? Who's, who's yeah. going after him? And uh, we just started talking. He's like, oh, I'm just worried about all that money, the corporate money now going to the Lakers instead of us. And I'm like, that money was always going to the Lakers. This is a Laker team. Yeah, but they're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, they what, wouldn't build this stadium if they weren't. <laughs> right. But that's the thing is that, that money was always going to the Lakers. Right. You know, it's not like, oh. If LeBron now the Lakers mean something. The Lakers are LA. That's LA's team. LA, LA sports is defined by the Lakers. It'll never be defined. I mean, yeah. not in, in in our lifetime. I don't think will we see it be defined by or three others. I, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, but uh, the um, what it does, I think, is. It shines a light on L.A. sports globally now because LeBron is bigger than just the NBA. He's like a bigger, you know, a yeah. bigger name. So, like, I don't know. I think it's really good for L.A. sports. I think um, it, it's exciting to be here for it. I, I, I dislike LeBron. I will be rooting against the Lakers for the next four years. I, We're going to go to some games. Well, are we? Are we going to be able to afford to go to some games? Hopefully. <laughs> um, when they play the Suns, we'll go to the game. Oh, yeah, that's right. People are going to want to see the Suns. I hate to even admit that, but they are. The Suns are going to be a fun team to watch lose 50 games this year. Oh. Look, if they only lose 50 games, you should be happy. They're going to they're going to bring one they're going to bring a Max guy in there. I'm not sure who. They've already I'm talking about next year. Okay. Well, we're talking about we're talking about this year so, right now. So, right now <laughs> with the Suns, they're tri- they, I think they're making I love that you're thinking ahead to next year the the Suns They're going to make Max a play guy. for uh, Marcus Smart. Great. Restricted That'll team. turn things around. They need him. They need a defensive uh, point guard. I um, don't want to go off on a tangent about teams that nobody in the world cares about except for you. So let's get back to... Okay. 
No, uh, I, I, um, any other signings? Like, so the Lakers starting lineup right now, you're looking at either Rondo or Ball, Lance Stevenson at the two, or Kuzma. Kuzma at the two, with Lance Stevenson come off the bench. Are they going to keep Lopez? Um, yeah, why not? Okay, so Lopez probably starts center over McGee. Oh, wait. Lopez isn't on their team. Okay. Doesn't even say that he's here. All right. So oh, wait. The, I'm looking at the wrong. Uh, sorry. So, all right. So, either Lopez or McGee at yeah, center. Yeah, Lopez is starting. Okay. You have Kyle Kuzma as power forward. Brandon Ingram. Caldwell Pope as shooting guard. and That's what their projected starting lineup. And then LeBron at small forward. They have LeBron below Brandon Ingram. Yeah, okay. Well. He's coming off the bench. <laughs> Um, it's exciting. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's it's not going to be a world beating beater team, but you can't really count a team with LeBron like out of anything. Right, for sure. He's taken some shitty teams in the playoffs. Who's got a better team right now, the Mavericks or the Lakers? Oh, definitely the Lakers. Uh, the Ma- the Lakers or the Timberwolves. Yeah. Um, the Timberwolves, your, sty- your starting lineup is... Yeah, I think, I think uh, the Timberwolves are better. Timberwolves are better than Lakers. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple. How about the Nuggets? Nuggets. Like, that's what we're looking at. Utah. Would you take Utah or, or the Lakers? These are the teams in the Lakers. bottom half of the... I would the... take Lakers over Utah. I would take Denver over... Uh, well... Yeah, it's what I mean. Yeah. That's the that's the corner. That's where the Lakers are right now. They're in that seven six range, uh, unless they can sign somebody, sign and trade, get somebody else. Yeah. Um. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if they put this together as like a trial period for their young guys for this season. And if you suck, you're out. Oh. The <laughs> one thing I liked about this whole story was that Magic Johnson like. Well, first of all, LeBron, there's there's all this video of his his flight touching down at uh, Van Nuys Airport. Yeah. Okay. And going back to Lost World, when there was no footage of dinosaurs getting taken off the island, we got footage of <laughs> somehow LeBron's plane coming in, him coming down, and then he gets to his house, Magic's at his house, right when he lands. And they have like a three-hour meeting, and then bam, he's a Laker. Um, I like that Magic Johnson just pacing outside his house. You almost there? <laughs> you think Dude, that, I've been sitting out here for twenty minutes. You think it's the first time they ever met face to face in talk business? I know. I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, they we, talked on the phone. Yeah, I, I got it. Never met in person. So my buddy was just telling me that he. His friend told him um, last week that this was a done deal. I guess that he's working with LeBron on some shit. All right, so if this is all a done deal, but he I'll said, well, he, but he said, he said that the reason the decision was made by his wife, by LeBron's wife, she wanted to live out here, and his kids wanted to live out here, and that's why they decided. So why have a meeting with the Sixers? Um, he had a meeting with the Sixers on Sunday. Well, why? he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Though. Who wasn't LeBron? Yeah. What do you mean he wasn't there? Oh, it's people at a meeting. 
Because people are the main. Well, I think it's either one to save face and, and make it look like it's not the sh- you know give it a little more to the charade, or do they show up and go just so, just so you guys know it's kind of all he is. Well, thanks for coming all the way out here. Yeah. Well, you think about it, like nobody thought Durant was going to go to Golden State, and then they all showed up to his fucking house in the Hamptons. <coughs> Good Lord. Okay. Bless you. They all show up to his house in the Hamptons and and convince him, you know, like, and that wasn't supposed to, that wasn't going to happen until then. So, you know, um, you never know. Somebody can, can show you the way, show you, they can show you that you're missing something you didn't know existed. And so why not take that meeting to find that out? Yeah. All right. Well, so the, the other big sign you want anything you want to say about Trevor Ariza? You got 15 seconds for the Suns. They need veterans, veterans on their team. That's, so you, that's you, the only reason they you're okay giving him 15 million dollars to play on his 15th team? Sure, because they're not going to sign anyone other than they're going to. They have catch base. Is there? Could they do anything wrong in your eyes? You think? Oh yeah, they've done some bad things. But you've never been able to admit it out loud. There's some. I don't like the fact that. Devin Booker's all pissed off that uh, they canned his best friend on the team. Who is that? And then tell Tyler Ulis. Um, they they dropped him, and uh, supposedly he was all pissed off. But uh, he's meeting tomorrow with the Suns to uh, for them to lock him in for that big big deal. Fingers crossed, buddy. All right, let's go through. A couple, right. I'm gonna go through a couple other all players. Right, a couple other players, real quick. Um, Rudy Gay re-signing with the Spurs. Does that do anything for you? No. Um, DeAndre Jordan to the Mavericks. That's an interesting one. That's a one-year deal, too. Yeah. So he's going to be a free agent next year, too. So he goes to the Mavericks, the team that he ghosted two years ago. Um, but does is he relevant? I tell you, Luca. yeah, they'll be able to do some pick and rolls. It'll be nice. So you got him, you got Luca, you got Josh Smith. Right? It's Josh Smith. They're going to re-sign Nowitzki. Right? Well, does that matter at this point? I mean, he's like, what? Dennis Smith. Whatever. The Smith, the rookie. Yeah. (laughs) Dennis. Um, Uh, um, All right. What about... All right, that's Trevor Reza, Doug McDermott. Do you know Joe Harris is, the white guy in the Nets? Don't worry about it. Uh, Chris Paul with the back with the Rockets. Let's run it back. Where do you come out on that? Um, I guess Houston had to do this move because they lost uh, Trevor Ariza and they lost uh, somebody else. Uh, but they gave, they gave him four year a four year deal. And Capella <laughs> has been shopping around, so we don't know what's going to happen with him. So. How can they lose? They can't lose him again. I know, but four years of a guy that that can't stay healthy for sixty games. Clint Capella to meet with the Lakers. Okay. But anyway, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he can't stay healthy. I don't know why they did such a. I'm sure it's got some clauses in it. Right. It's a lot of money though to it's give a lot of money. to give a guy who's like really made a huge turn. Yeah. Under the downside of his career. Um, couldn't even play in the Western. Bellinelli with the Spurs. I mean, I don't even know. That cuts another guy I don't know what to make of. Their team's going to be terrible once they lose Kawhi. 
Uh, Nick Stauskas got signed with another team. He's the guy that gets traded every week. That's true. Um, Trevor Ariza's been on like more teams than anyone, right? I don't. It's a lot. Uh, Nowitzki to re-sign, most likely for five million. Um, what else? Le- oh, that LeBron signing. Contavious Caldwell Pope does nothing for me. Um, Aaron Gordon re-signed with the Magic. I guess he doesn't care about his career. Um, Javel McGee the Lakers. Alfred Payton leaves your team and go to the Pelicans. You gonna miss him? No. Uh, JJ Redick re-signed with the Sixers. You've been saying that was gonna happen. Yeah. And then this is the one I think is an intriguing one. Um, and I think it's the last one that is uh, Nerlens Noel to um, the Thunder. Okay. I mean, what is what does that do? And now they got Boogie? No, the Thunder. Not the Warriors. Thunder. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so you've got... I didn't hear about that. Paul George, Nerlens Noel, um, what's his name? Adams, big man from New Zealand. Yeah, and Steven Adams. Steve, and then you've got uh, Russell Westbrook. It's, pretty, it's a pretty nice lineup there. And then they're going to hope for somebody to come there next summer. Um. But, you know, Nerlens Noel hasn't really done anything. He's all potential, right? right? So this is, like, his, what, third team in two years? So... Well, he's coming off the bench. So the Pelicans signed Julius Randle and... Who else? Oh, and Alfred Payton. Way to go, Pelicans. And they lost to Marcus Cousins. Yeah. I mean... They're, they're in trouble. They're, but, well, they're going to lose Davis next summer. It's, like, definite, right? Yeah, there's no way he stays. No. I'd like to see him go to the Knicks. Apparently, um, what's his name? The, the the GM of the Knicks guy, or Dolan. Dolan's looking to sell, apparently. Oh, okay. yeah. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, NBA. It's back. NBA offseason's the greatest. <laughs> it just feels like, I feel like we, we just got it all done, though, in, like, three days. You yeah. know? Like, that's what sucks. Yeah, that all happened on Sunday. You know, it, and we I'd probably complain if it was the other way. I'd be like, come on, just pick a team already, like, a week from now. But, I, I you know, it's right before Summer League. I guess that'll be exciting. Um, we still have World Cup. We have World Cup. It's been nice to be watching it, but it looks like uh, my time as being unemployed is going to hinder that. Oh, Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I, like, tried to listen to it on the radio. Yeah, it's tough. That is a tough yeah. listen. You don't know who you're, like, what you're listening they to. They don't even right? know. They don't even, yeah. They don't even, like, help you. I've done it. I, I've done it on my way to places, and it's, like, if I, I know, you know, I follow soccer pretty pretty well for an American, and I only know about four names on the field at a time. So if you're not saying those names, I don't know what's going on. Um, but that game today was really Yeah. Belgium, uh, Japan. Might be the best game of. Uh, I mean, I think that Germany, that Germany win, when they, that probably with yeah. ten guys is probably still the best win of the tournament. But this is up there. It's a really good one. Um, now they go on to play Brazil tomorrow. We get the England game, which is nice because everybody's. Well, I'm gonna say everybody. White people's second team is usually England. Who's White like, Americans. England is playing uh, Colombia. Oh, okay. So you got a lot of there's a lot of That'll be good. yeah, um, but Columbia all the guys in Columbia are hurt. 
So it's it's uh, it's interesting. So and tomorrow we have England. Oh, sorry, England, Sweden, and Switzerland. So Sweden, Switzerland's interesting too, because Sweden's been playing really well. Um, they they have a, a bunch of tall blonde guys. Shocking. And then Switzerland, they have this guy that my buddy Peter loves. Names uh, his name Shakiri. Sh- uh, he's like a little, like muscle bound yeah. dude. He's insane. Yeah, um, so that, that'll be a fun game. That'll be a good one. Um, but it, you know, going out to watch England now that Mexico's out, I think that England is kind of the U- U.S. de facto team. Um, Mexico did not look good. No, and then their coach blamed. You see, the coach was blaming the refs and everything, and it's like just and. You talking like, about Neymar? Yeah, well, the Neymar thing was ridiculous. Yeah. You don't act like that. You don't fake convulsions like, you know. Um, as a guy that bet on Neymar goals, I turned that, I, I like turned away and I looked back and he was like breaking out in convulsions on the field and I was like freaked out because he needs two more goals for me to win some money. And then he just pops back in. And he's fine. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. And scores. Um, but yeah, so. Any any early favorites for anyone that you're looking at right now? We're down just about down to 16. Oh, I don't know. I haven't. Uh, I mean, Belgium looked pretty good today. Yeah, for for 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess Brazil. You have to say is probably. Yeah, they seem to be hitting a stride. They're playing each other on Friday. I know. Well, yeah. Well, that's that side of the bracket. You get France and Uruguay, which is going to be a great game in the morning, and then you get Belgium, Brazil in the afternoon or at eleven. It's a great day. That is a good game. Uh, and then yeah. the other side. So that's what's that's why this Colombia England game is so important because those could be the two best teams left on the other side of the bracket, and they're playing each other right now. So um, it's a big game. All right. Into well, our World Cup preview. Uh, yeah. That's right with the World Cup. We will, we'll save you guys from having to listen to more about it than you probably want to. This went longer than I thought it was going to go. I know. No, that's all right. All right. So I guess I'll probably... Anything else you got? No, I'm, I'm guessing I'll see you tomorrow or something. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, why not?